0: good evening everyone and you're welcome to our international women's day special edition usually we'll go live on twitter every thursday but today it is um um, international women's day we are celebrating women all over the world and we um we decided to you know do something to um, celebrate women, okay. So um good evening, um I I day I mean we know her as Gloria. I don't even know why your name is why your name is I I day on Twitter. Good evening, Gloria. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. Yeah. So um we also have our other our handle motor keys here as well. Uh please, you know, do well to bringing our Hi. Hi, Kelechi Oluwa Kelechi. Oh, I love that. I love that. So let me bring her on as well. Let me invite her to speak. And just without wasting so much time, we're just going to get into it because um, I'd like us to keep this, you know, between 30 minutes to one hour. Just a conversation pretty much. And, um, you know, we'll take it on from there. Kelechi, I've invited you to speak, so um, hopefully you see the you see the the prompt for you to come on as a speaker. All right, so Gloria, how are you? Thank you so much for supporting everything we do at More Techies. I can I can simply say Gloria is our on, number one fan <laughs> because. She's ever ready, ever ready to show up for us, and um, I sincerely appreciate you, Gloria. Thank you so much for being amazing. I mean, you're the literal, you're the, you're, you're the literal um definition of women supporting women. Like, if women supporting women was a person, now you <laughs> thank you so much. So, I'm just going to start this session with giving Gloria the floor, and I'll say, Gloria, um, you know, tell us. Who Gloria is, you know what you do in tech, you know your story, how you got into the tech space, pretty much. You have the floor
1: now. Okay, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, my name is Gloria Agoye. Um, for um, so I, I work with Google as um, partnership and strategic strategic partnership and monetization manager. Um, prior to that I have. Um, being um, more of a partnership and product manager kind of person. Um, so I did not just dive into tech. So um, I realized that most people actually want to um, be uh, more of the software developer, the product management, the um, product design and all of that, forgetting that um, other, if, wherever you are, you can actually do tech with, with whatever you are currently doing with your career path. So I started my I started my career as a customer service um, officer um, at Etel. So at that time, I just graduated from my um, from school, and then I was doing my NYSE. And then I stumbled. So there's this service called value added service, vast services in telco space, right? So we do um, like the music plus, we do. Um, we do so MTN. Understand they used to do music plus, bring back tunes, and then they used to do um, like um, nine mobile cloud nine, then the comedy plus, and all of that. So at that time, I started working after my university. I started working with a company um, in Ikeja, so they were into all of that services, and then I realized that um, aside from that services, right, people actually have subscription services for music streaming and the rest of that. So I moved to content acquisition. And then from there, I moved to, I started working with um, Nine Mobile. So at Nine Mobile, I realized that uh, most vast companies used to do. So at that time, tech was not, like, the way it is now. And then product was actually different. Before you can actually own um, a product and run your product, you have to go through the telco for, because of subscription, because you need um, people to to use their data. And then we used to run, um, what's it called? We used to run um, these um, campaigns for people, like we had a campaigns platform that we run and all of that, and then we make money from airtime, from data streaming, and then the likes of that. So I now dived into products in, um, at Nine mobile. right? When vast companies bring their product and say, Oh, well, we have this product, oh, um, it's supposed to be a streaming platform, it's supposed to be a payment platform for people, people will use their card, people would um, probably use their data or airtime to pay and all of that. So it became really interesting right and then i started reading and studying and then i did a course on um product management so at the time i went for my mba i did my mba um my master's at lagos business school in um, building um product and um growing sales right so i started like learning about product management then i started doing at that time I, i now dive to fintech Right. I was working with a particular um, tech company in Lagos and I was doing product management for them and also partnership for them. So from there, I kept going from um, one fintech to another and then um, I became a chief product officer in um, a particular company in Lagos. And from there, um, I moved to um, starting my own startup um, called Unboxed. And then I have um, InsurePass, right, where I'm a co-founder and I head the partnership um, Department. So for InstructurePast, so we realized that it's an insurance technology company. So we realized that people are actually moving into financial inclusion and nobody's talking about insurance, right? We all know the regular insurance. So we decided to do like um, an insurance technology that covers for the uninsured because we realized in the pyramid of life, before you even think of insurance, you probably want to um, actually think of food, water, and all the necessity before you actually think of your health. So we came up, came up with like really, really affordable insurance plan and then from there, I got into um, Google, and yeah, it's been actually a very, very interesting journey. So like I was saying, right, whatever career path you are currently in, right, you can do whatever you want to do in your career path. So I, I when I tell my mentees, I tell them that if you are a lawyer, right, you can actually be a um, an entertainment lawyer or a tech lawyer, or if you are a... Um, PR person you can dive into product marketing you don't need to be like a core software developer I mean you don't need to be like a product designer like everybody in tech is doing fine and then making money and it depends on what your concerns are or what if or what your passions are or what reasons you're actually going into tech but wherever you are right you can actually find a niche for yourself in tech wherever you are so yeah
0: Thank you so much, Gloria. And I absolutely agree with you. You know, not everybody's going to become a software engineer. Not everybody's going to become a front-end, HTML, Java, this one, and the rest of them, right? No matter what it is that you're doing today, there's got to be a place for you in the tech space. I mean, even if you're doing, you are someone that does um, travel, you can decide that, oh, you want to organize retreats you know and you know travels, um stuff for people in the tech space there is definitely something for you okay now um let's take this to kelechi you know because kelechi's profile says she's a lawyer and she's also a product manager which is very interesting because lawyers can be rigid oh my goodness they can be rigid you know so kelechi please tell us how you went from being a lawyer i believe you're still a lawyer you know how you were able to just go from i mean why didn't you say oh i want to become a tech lawyer you know why product management how did you get into that space
2: okay hi can you hear me joy
0: yes i can hear you absolutely
2: okay hello everyone good evening um so for me i think that it was just a thing of me not wanting to do the normal, right? I didn't, I finished school and I didn't want to um, do litigation. Let's go to court. I didn't want to do that. I needed to do something else. So what I did was one way or the other, I found myself in software development. So I became a developer. Um, and from there, I realized that as a developer, there was like a gap between, at least for me, the company I worked for, there was a gap between what we're doing as a team of developers, and then what the market was saying. There was always that communication gap. So what we did was, what I did was to, you know, rise up to fill that gap. So it just meant that I wanted to know exactly what the market was saying, do my research, communicate that to developers, you know, on an ongoing basis. And from there, I made the transition to product management. So um, why product management? Actually, I don't know. It was just the interesting thing to do at the time. I didn't like designs. So I couldn't have done product design. I don't think I had that patience. Um... And then, as I when I was a developer, it was interesting for a bit. But then, for me, because I I was already a lawyer and I had like I I acquired quite some skills that were able to help me quickly transition into product management. I just did it, and it was just interesting. And it's been interesting ever since, pretty much. Um, lawyers are not rigid. The profession itself, is, can be. Um, rigid. Sometimes the kind of structures we put in place, but I think that lawyers are becoming very, very more open-minded to certain things. I've seen lawyers that have now, you know, transitioned into product design, to uh, um, becoming artists, um, product management, developers, and the likes. Right. So um, we we are getting better, if I can put it that way.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so pardon me, my lord, are <laughs> <I'm> not rigid. <laughs> pardon me my lord (laughs) all right so that's an interesting story you've got there and i mean to think that you went into software development my goodness like where did you find all that time to learn all of that and then begin to practice that's really amazing all right so let's get into your experience in general and let's talk about the challenges you know that you face in the tech industry as as women or as a woman, right? So, I mean, the the tagline for this year is um, break the bias, you know? And having spoken with, like, lots of women, oh, you need to get into tech, oh, it's too hard, oh, I don't have the time, oh, I don't think I have the head space, oh, um, I don't think it's for people like me and all of all those things, right? Now, that's, like, the mental challenge that people have before they get into the space. Now, my first question is, did you have that kind of challenge and two, how were you able to break through when you got into the space? Three, what challenges did you meet in the
1: field? So Gloria, let's start with you. Okay, yeah, so for me, right, um, yeah, there were a lot of challenges, right? So let me just say something here. Tech, tech field is not just for men, right? You cannot let the men dominate that um, that, um tech space because most of the job descriptions you see or job positions you see they actually discourage you into into entering the field so i think that um for i see more of guys in the tech field because they actually are there to make money and then they have passions for for it more than it's just recently that the female um that we ladies are actually going into tech right and then um the truth is, whether you are a man or you are a woman, your success in the tech industry. So this is what has been keeping me going, right, with all of the challenges that I faced. And yes, I faced challenges, right. And there are times that um, um, back then, when when someone wants to speak to a product manager, manager, and then and I was really tiny as a lady, and then I, I come up and say, oh, I'm the one handling your pro- product, and they're like, oh, right, who's the guy or who is your team leader who is the guy handling this and i don't know that even as a chief product officer right i i get to face that a lot and then um it, it just looks as if as a lady you are not um capable of handling that position or you're not capable of um handling dealing with with, with the guys in the, in the engineering guys because they are all guys but as a woman right you whether you're a woman or, or a man your success in the tech industry is going to come down to to some some factors right and these factors are um first of all right i always ask people are you really good at what you do right if you're really good at what you do no matter what you would end that respect you need as a woman or as a man or wherever you are can you get the job done and perhaps maybe most importantly who are you and can you understand people and how to work with people? Because as a tech person, right, you're working with a cross-functional team, especially if you're a product manager or a partnership person, right? Can you actually work with people? Um, aside from the culture of, a, of the organization, you need to earn that respect first as a lady. Do you get... so? People who, who, who wish to succeed in, um, in, a, in an, a work environment must earn respect from their teammates. So as a lady, I, I try to earn that respect, right? I'm not just doing that, that, the job. I'm making sure that I know the job and I'm getting the job done, right? That's, that's one thing for me. And I make sure I'm very prof- professional. And secondly, I make sure I'm, I'm being myself. I'm always myself. So nothing is very, very easy, especially if it's authentic. So you always make sure that as a woman in tech, right in tech industry you want to be your te- yourself it doesn't mean that you have to, to you have something to prove or you have to prove a point but you should always be yourself to your co-workers your peers and and everyone around you so you have to be aware of um, other people as well right if you want to succeed as a woman in t- as a woman in tech right you need to be aware of other people can you give um you need to know how to give const- constructive criticism so as a woman right people expect you to be biased but um, I tell you when they know that you are not biased and then you are aware of other people, right, that respect to be there, um like I said, so you need to be sensitive to to other people and then and and all of this works for me, so I know my stuff, I know my onion and i and I work with what I know, so yeah, so basically, so the challenges as that has been there right as as reduced. I can go so, to some places and say, oh, okay, because I'm, I'm a woman in tech, right, I need to do this, right? Women in tech are actually raising funds. And, I, like, I am actually, I'm, my co-founders are guys, right? And I can say that I I am in front of all of the projects, right, trying to raise funds, raising funds and doing bigger things. So because you are a woman in tech, you shouldn't let any challenges you face at the moment um, bring you down or or any... um. Um, or any setback bring you down yeah basically
0: thank you so much for that gloria I, i think what you just said is amazing you know because i'm also a huge fan of i mean you're a woman i know but you've been given the job so just deliver results don't come and whine and you know think that there should be some form of bias just because you're a woman and just like you said you've got to earn it right because if I mean if you come with a mindset of oh, I'm a woman, so whatever I do, she just um should pass or they should lower the bar for you. You you just see that people will just toss you around unnecessarily. Mm, exactly. You you won't be allowed into certain kinds of conversations, you know, and trust me, you don't want to you don't want that to happen to you. So I absolutely love, love, love that point that you just raised. For those of you just joining us, um, this is more techies, and we're having a conversation with Gloria and Kelechi. The conversation is um on growing as a woman in tech. And as you listening, please tweet, you know, the not just you're hearing from either Gloria or Kelechi. Tweet and tag up more techies using the hashtag um break the bias or you know, hashtag IWD2022. All right. So over to you, Kelechi. Um can you tell us your own um, experience, challenges that you faced, especially as someone who has gone from being a lawyer to software development and product management? What were the challenges that you faced along the way and currently as you practice?
2: OK, so for me, um, my challenge was, you know, questions like, what are you doing here? What, what are you looking for? Um, I mean, you were a lawyer, you went to school for, you finished, I mean, the way the Nigerian school system is, you know, I spent like seven years, plus, plus, minus, strike, as you strike. So, after spending all this time doing what what, what you did to become a lawyer, what are you now looking for in tech, having to start from afresh or start again, that kind of thing. That's like pretty much, and I got that from my colleagues, actually, right, not necessarily from even the ecosystem itself. Um, but as a woman in tech, I really don't think that I, or maybe I didn't pay attention to them. But I really don't think I had any, like any challenge. It was just me doing my work. I tried to do my work as a normal person. Um, I had, I made my mistakes. I learned my lessons. Um, I got um, scolded. I got queried when I didn't do things well. Stuff like that. Um, pretty much. Um, but now I think as I've, as I've as I've grown in my journey so far, it's just you. It's just me trying to prove myself to myself, right? Um, That has been it for me. So just, oh, the fact that if you say you do excellent work or if you say that you're an excellent lawyer or an excellent product manager, you can actually beat your chest to it and say that, you know, you actually do good work. And um, I've had situations where I've had people, um, I've had people, and by people I mean, yeah, the male gender at some point try to have conversations that, you know, that you're not in the room or like I'm not in the room and then I have to... Enforce the fact that I'm there, right? I have to talk. I have to make my contribution. So, like being intentional about things. There are times when you know you get a particular place, and because you just want to try and observe and just maybe keep quiet, just see how things are going, people would think that as oh, you don't know stuff, you don't know anything, you're just there, uh, you're not contributing anything. But then at some point, you really have to be intentional about the fact that even if you just say, full stop <laughs> for what has been said so far. It's just showing that, you know, you are actually there and you're paying attention and you can contribute to things. But I think I said that I really haven't had like so many I haven't ha- really haven't had challenges. I like, come on Twitter I come on, on social media I see how people how some women talk about you know challenges they face at workplace you know enforcing certain things I can't say that um, I have you know personally experienced you know stuff like that exactly directly but I know that those things exist because we see the stories every day um, but for me it's just been a case of um, proving to myself you know like you say the, the, you have to be a better version of yourself every day just having to do that every day for myself has been like my, my own experience so far. The initial challenge I got was, you know, when I first got in with uh, what are you looking for? Don't you can't you do anything better? That kind of thing, because it was really new. It was relatively new. I made living law entirely and then transitioning product into software development itself was just like a whole different ball game, right? And there are times when I really felt let, I felt down because sometimes I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, but I persevered and then, yeah, here I am today.
0: Wow, that's really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story, um, Kelechi. And I mean, if it's anything both of you have said, it's just pretty much going there, do your stuff, know your onion, you know, continually develop yourself so that you can just stand out and, you know, nobody looks at you in a certain way just because you're female, you know. When they're inviting you to the table, they're inviting you because you know your stuff. They know that. You can contribute, um, you know, valuably, you know, and that's that's the reason they're going to bring it to the table, and that's that's really amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, let's talk about um, opportunities, right? And Gloria, I'm going to throw this um, question to you, considering that you know, you are <laughs> you are in charge of strategic products, um, partnership, and monetization at Google. That is huge. Like that title is like a full sentence. <laughs> but I can imagine the, the amount of work that you do there daily, right? So, how can women looking for such opportunities, you know, especially, you know, I mean, you work with uh, a company that is globally known, you know, and Google is among the big four. So, uh, the first, the Meta now, um, Amazon and the rest of them, right? How can women position themselves? um you know for such opportunities you know how can they position themselves to be found and to be given such opportunities gloria this is for you
1: so yeah <laughs> thank you so first of all right i always tell people to have a work-life balance right um, most people that actually go i want to actually this is um, a site i want to say this most people that actually are in tech right we always think that if we don't if you work two for seven and we don't sleep right it means that we're putting the work into it right first of all we need to have a work-life balance i always tell people to whatever they whatever they are working on whatever they are doing right you need to put yourself out there do you get so for every um thing you have accomplished right if you have a medium page i mean if you have a linkedin page right put yourself out there right you don't need to use sometimes you don't need to even go on linkedin to search for a job you, you just need to what you just need to do is put yourself out there write articles so if you learn new stuff at work write it and put it out there if you um if you if you got a degree put it out there and then you'll be surprised that um, people are actually looking for the kind of skills you have right whatever kind of skill you have even if it's not in tech or it's not in um, um front-end development it's not in back-end development write it and, and then just put it out there and then always try to get mentors right mentors are very very important because you would actually aside from learning from them right you actually get opportunities from them so if you have a mentor and then he's actually or she's actually at the top of her career right and she sees opportunity, she can always come back to you and 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 then recommend you for those for that um, opportunity so you need to be passionate about what you do you need to know how to communicate you need to know time management, you need to have problem-solving skill. When I say you should you should have problem-solving skill, you need to know how to think outside the box, right? Like, people actually put out stuff on social media um, about um, how their work went or what challenges they are going to. I mean, you, you, I've had people, right, get jobs on Facebook. I have someone, when I was a chief officer, I had a guy that got a job on Facebook just because he was in a group and then he contributed to the group and they just sent him um, questions to, to work on and then he passed the questions and immediately he got the job in the UK and then he relocated to the UK so you need to put yourself out there you need to join a community so if you are a data scientist you need to join like the community if you're a product manage, manager you need to join um the product management for Africa um community. If you are a business analyst, you need to join all of that community. Like there are really big opportunities out there. And then most especially for females to be honest, there are really big opportunities out there for us. So you need to put yourself out there and then be visible, right? Don't just stay in your um in, in your comfort zone and expect something to come for you or or when you're pursuing something and then you're not putting it out there, expect it to just come for to you by by magic so you need to put yourself out there all the time if you if you need to write you you have to if you can write you need to write if you, if you can actually speak you need to speak if you can do anything you can do, just put yourself Make sure you're, you're putting yourself out there um, no matter what level you are in
0: that's amazing visibility you know visibility and, and I mean I think largely even your personal branch because you know, obviously by putting yourself out there be it verbally be it writing whatever you're doing you're you're building a personal brand that's what it means automatically you know people begin to know you they see you they like you you know they listen to you they look forward to your tweets or whatever it is that you write so that makes a whole lot of sense kelechi let's come back to you as regards mental health you know so all over twitter sometimes you know on a very very beautiful day you can you can see people having conversations about working in the tech space or with startups and how it can be mentally draining, how your mental health is, you know, it's just taken for granted. They expect you to work two for seven around the clock, you know, with calendars full and all of all those things, right? How do you think women in the tech space can take care of their mental health? I mean, from your experience,
2: um, so I think um, for me, it would be no one to take a break, right? Um, one thing that I've learned so far is, in my experience is, as much as deliverables are um, breathing down your neck and you need to, if you don't deliver, it looks like you're a bad person, that kind of thing. If something, God forbid something happens, right? Everybody's going to say sorry <laughs> and then find a different way to make it, make whatever work needs to be done, done, right? And then you will be left with having to fix yourself, alongside the same of every other person, but the work will still go on, right? So um, there is you and there is the work. So just knowing, this is not like an excuse to be lazy, but knowing when to take, you will know when your body has reached its, you don't need to get to where it reaches limit. Just know when to take a break, know when to take breaks in between work. Know when, I mean, everybody wants to have money, everybody wants to make money, everybody wants to cheat um, with the big boys. But then if the particular job you are doing is, Stressing you so much that you cannot even go out to chill with anybody, right? Even the smaller boys. Just don't bother. If it's it's okay to um, what's the word now? If this is not if a particular role or a particular job is not convenient for you, respect to the health, right? No one to. Um, take a bow in that sense. Um, I've seen many people that say that, you know, good health is underrated. And that's the truth because, I mean, when our bodies are just just keep going and going and going or our our, our in our heads just keep going, 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 we just want to do the work. By the time, you know, there's like a breakdown, you just realize that, oh my God, the world doesn't stop, right? You just take a pause and you're trying to fix yourself. So I think that for me, number one is know when to take a break, know when to recharge, know when to leave it all because you are very, very, very important in the whole in the wheel of trying to get things on. You are the number one important component, you know, in that way. So knowing when to take a break is very important. Knowing when to put you first, right? And then knowing the other resources that help to achieve this because um, there, there are different ways that people, people get to, you know, manage exactly what goes on with them. Everyone get to recharge. So knowing exactly what works or what clicks for you is, like, very important. That's what I think.
0: That's really amazing. You've actually raised a very, very good point. Knowing when to take a break, you know. And from my own experience, I'll just say, delegating, delegating is a huge one, you know. And don't be ashamed to ask for help. Like if you feel your table is just so much and all of that, you can actually either take a break, ask for help. You know, oh please, can you help me with this because I've got this going on and I, you know. I need help to sort this out. You know, if, if someone that has um the headspace or the time to do that for you, right, you can delegate it, you know. I mean, this cannot just... We can't say this enough, to be honest, because every other day on, on Twitter, you see someone coming up to complain, and it just feels as if Texas is a terrible place to work in. But no, um, I mean, of course, the, the founders, you know, the people who are building these companies also have their own role to play to ensure that their, their teammates are well taken care of, you know, both mentally and physically. Right. But then there is the part of just like she said, take a break. Even if it means you telling your boss, see, 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 see. And this is how I feel. This is how this is affecting me. I believe such conversations, you know, should, they are healthy conversations to have in the workplace. Right. So Kelechi, thank you so much for that. Um, we're going to be rounding up very soon because we promised that we're going to keep this um, like in 30 minutes, you know, or a little bit above 30 minutes. So we're going to be rounding up. Um, the last question I have here is as regards money. And I would like um, to, you know, um, listen to the opinions of both speakers, right? The issue of salaries, you know. So let's talk, let's we'll ask Gloria because Gloria works, um with Google, right? So, when it comes to salary, right, we've had situations whereby, you know, sometimes a guy is, you know, being paid more than the female, right? We've had situations where, I mean, there may even be two females working in the same department and then one is being paid more than the other, even though they are doing the same thing, right? How can women in tech command fatter salaries? You know, how can how can how can they demand good salaries good pay good pay you know with their full chest without feeling scared or feeling less
1: Oh, okay um so for me i don't think that the okay so i've never had that issue of um being on the page than then the male, male counterpart right most times right most people in tech they don't the job but they don't know how to sell themselves or express themselves that's what i noticed because i've interviewed like female engineers right and then i'm telling them how much to request for from the um hr department because they're actually short selling themselves right they know the job they're really good at what they do but when it comes to salary they're asking lower than expectation and meanwhile, the male counterparts they are, they know they know what they are doing, or some of them they don't even know the job as much as the female counterpart know, would do the job, but they're asking for iR because they say, Oh, I have family to take care of her. But the female counterpart they don't actually know how to negotiate, they don't know, they just come up and say, Oh, I had someone um for front end tell me that she wanted to take um 120k and in my head. I'm like, What? I had to go back to message her and say, Okay, request for the budget for this role is three fifty to four hundred for Um, a mid-level request for this amount from the HR don't go lower than this I had to tell her so I think that first of all you need to know when you are in high demand right so there's no way that a company looking that 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 has picked you um amongst maybe like 100 people or 50 people to to take up the role right I'm sure you guys are just two and then they, they know that you can actually do the job so at that point you should know that you are in high demand right whether that job comes or not you will still get another job as long as you're good so you know you need to know that you are um, in high demand and then you are quali- you you are qualified for that role that's why they are reaching out to you then secondly you need to always know how to negotiate your offer so if they give you an offer just know that the, if you stretch them they will do more than that offer they are giving you they always have a budget right hiring managers always have a job budget or companies always have a budget right but they always want to go lower and see if you accept lower but if you come back and then you you actually stretch them they'll actually they'll actually agree to what you're asking for because you are actually in high demand and they actually need your service so you need to look at it and do your research about the complaint so don't rush to accept the offer letter Nobody that has ever rushed to accept an offer letter actually gets a reasonable um offer, right? The offer might sound reasonable, and then you just need like forty-eight hours to accept it. Speak to people, right? If you have mentors, speak to them, right? For that particular road, that for every road, there's always a budget. Speak to people um before you accept. Um, offer letter. Make sure you ex, um, stretch the recruiter, and then when they tell you that oh this is how mo- how we can go right. Maybe maybe they give you a five thousand USD, and then you are saying that oh I want a seven thousand. You say oh we can do six um six five USD, and you say oh no I want a seven thousand, and it's okay we can do six seven. And then when you go back to them and say okay that's the least we can do, then you can now take the offer. Don't just accept. Don't rush to accept the offer because you really need a job, right? Offers from um from other companies would give you some negotiating power. So I always tell people, it's not like as if you are actually going about looking for a job, but when you're actually actively looking, you need to apply to more than one, two, or three places, right? So that you can actually compare or um, compare offers, right? And then you're negotiating power. So you need to know how to neg- negotiate. Don't just show your card so soon. So one of the biggest mistakes that people do is telling... Um, um, hiring manager, their salary expectation. I don't know if you guys are getting me. You don't just tell them what you're expecting. Ask them what they, what their budgets are for that role. Right? And when they tell you, you can come back and say, okay, since your budget is this, I will take this. I will take a, a 8,000 USD, a 10,000 USD. If your budget is 9,000, they'll come back and tell you that, oh, we really want you. But it has happened to me. Right? They will come and tell you that we really want you, but we can do it. It's 8,000 USD. Right? And then you're saying, oh, no, I can do it. I can do it it's five or nothing and then they'll go back and don't just show them your card so soon right know your advantages as as if you are a new female graduate that you're just trying to go into tech you need to know your advantages you need to know you need to update yourself right you need to update your skills so that you can know how to negotiate then you need to think beyond your salary right or the salary you are currently earning you need to think beyond that because the, the the guys always, they always know how to um, negotiate more than the ladies. So I think that if you actually follow all of this step, I think that it would actually be better. Then you need to understand that tech um, companies, they have like compensation pack- packages and they are all different across boards. So you need to know for each of the companies before you actually take an offer, do your research, right? They have, so most times when we, like um, Joyce said, when we ladies go into a company, we don't realize that, oh one guy is actually earning the notes and we're actually on the same level or doing the same job because he understood the tech compensation for that particular um, company and then you didn't understand it so the compensations are different so you need to find out what that company currently offer as um, an average compensation so that you can actually negotiate based on, based on that so first of all you need to like i said you always need to know that you are in high demand like and um, we in tech, we are always in high demand. So you don't need to sell yourself short, and always, always know how to communicate your expectations, your feelings to the hiring manager. If you're expecting a one million naira, you tell them. If they cannot do, if they can do a nine hundred. They will come back to you and tell you that they can do a nine hundred. Make sure you always negotiate and don't just sign the offer letter
0: wow that's like a master class on on salary <laughs> so just a quick question because you, you said something about um um you know don't tell them your salary expectation instead ask them for the budget whereas we have some hiring managers who even go as far as saying oh we want your pay slip from your previous job you know to want to see what you're earning in your
1: last job so how do you deal with that so you, you know you know the truth is um asking for a pay slip from um someone you want to hire is actually illegal. So um what I do is this: if I am asked to bring my um pay slip, I actually give my pay slip, and I tell them that if I have to take a re- new rule, I have to take like a sixty percent um window of what I currently earn. Do you get? Because that's the standard. So they can come back to me and say, "Okay, we can't do a sixty percent. We can do a forty percent on what you currently earn." So that's the um, approach I give them. Amazing.
0: That's that's amazing. Um, if you have any questions at this point, just raise your hands. Uh, because I'll be ta- I'll be giving the mic to Kelechi, and when Kelechi is done, and we don't have any hands up, we'll end the session. Okay. So Kelechi.
2: There's nothing over for me to you. say. Oh, Gloria I said everything. I adopt. <laughs> 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 I adopt and retweet everything she has said.
0: <laughs> oh, you are taking notes. I was taking notes too. I,
2: I, I, I'm like, I hope you're not calling me because i nothing else to say. You know, what I didn't know, she has said it. Oh my goodness.
0: I know, right? Like, Gloria just gave a class
2: It was a free masterclass. I'm like, I, I, I didn't know. Where were you? I didn't know this. <laughs>
0: So, so, Gloria, just to ask you a quick question here. So, this is about those that are working with like a company. Does this apply to freelancers? You know, or how can freelancers also maneuver their own space as well?
1: Okay, so um, for consulting, right? I consult for people, right? And then because you're consulting, they want to actually um sell you short. But then you should know that um, regardless of whether you're a freelancer or you are um, taking the job full-time or part-time, you should still have all of this because um, they actually need you. If they don't need you, they won't walk up to you. So that's what I put at the back of my mind and say, okay, these people need me. If they don't need me, they won't come to me, right? So you can actually just maybe um, give them... So there's always... You need to have a bargaining power, right? They will always come back to you to bargain. So if you're giving them like a $5 million for um, a particular job, right, they would come back to you and say, oh... Um, we can do a three million. So, one thing I've learned with um people is that always, always, always give them times two of the bill that um is supposed to go to them, right? So that when they come back and renegotiate, you are not going to lose on both, and or or they would actually pay you the exact amount you you actually want. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that that makes absolute
0: sense. That makes sense. Thank you so much, Gloria. So, we have la okay, Chidera. We have La Incubator. So, um, you can unmute yourself and ask your question.
3: Hi, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Such an amazing session. Um, Just a few questions that I have. I think the first one is, um, this discussion on salary and payment, remuneration, is it really gender-specific? Because... Um, doesn't this happen amongst men or women? Or is it, I just want to understand, is it a gender-based issue? Exactly. And then the second thing about uh, my question is, on this salary thing as well, is what is the role of experience when it comes to, remuneration with jobs so yes i can be at the same let's say we are two product i don't know how it works in tech let's say we have two product engineers and one has say eight years experience and the other has three years experience should there be a payment differential and if there is such should it be something that should give the young engineer worry? I think those two questions are on salary. And I have a question on also starting up in tech, especially from a marketing perspective. If you are a marketing person, um, how do you, what are the suitable entrance points and how relevant is, is technology uh, to general marketing, how do you guys practice it? Do is it possible for a marketer to get to be employed by a tech company? Uh, because I hear that the nomenclatures differ. So you could hear a brand manager for let's say an FMCG and then you hear a product manager for tech. What is really that different from a tech point of view? So that's all from my side. I don't know if
0: Okay, so, yeah, so, thank you so much. Three questions. The first one, is it really gender-based? So, it's not necessarily gender-based, but uh, today is International Women's Day, right? So, we are celebrating women today. (laughs) Today is for women. And we also know that, I mean, even statistics have shown that women, you know, just they don't negotiate well when it comes to salary. Like men do better when it comes to uh, negotiating salaries. You know, you can see a guy who doesn't even know all there is to know in his particular field and he's really bold about, you know, bold calling out the amount he wants to be paid. But a woman who, some women would know way more than him and and they are not, um, they won't be bold enough you know to they won't be bold enough to you know talk about um, or mention how much they want to be paid so um in as much as i don't want to say gender based because we also have men to who you know who don't know how to negotiate or you know command the right price but then it's international women's day and we are choosing to discuss women on that matter then the second question i think um the second question was about, or should I, I think I remember the third, which is about brand manager, for example, and um, product manager. What is the difference? I don't, know I don't know. Gloria, do you want to take that?
1: You said, starting... Okay, so um, for me, I think that as a marketing person, right, it's very easy to transition into tech, right? Because in tech, we need... um we need marketing managers or we call them product managers and product marketing managers or growth um, managers, right? Because for every product that is being rolled out, right? You need um, a product marketing person to actually do your, like your go-to market and all of that. So I think that if you are in the FMCG space and you're trying to navigate to um, the tech company, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to understand what, Tech products and right. So you you can take up um, products in fintech. You can take up products in um, insurance technology. You can take take up products in and just read on them right and tailor your CV to to what they do, like your experience to what they already do right and um and then you can actually just read and read on product marketing and then you would see that it's actually the same thing as what you do um in the fmcg space the only difference is just the products you'll be working on in the tech space i don't know if that answers your question
0: yeah i hope it does i i know you asked a second question but i don't quite um remember but um i hope um that question and and, i mean just like she rightly said it's not difficult for you to transition to be very honest i'm just going to say that um if you are say a a brand manager looking to transition into product management you know um okay i think he's trying to come back on to ask his question you know even if you say brand it, it, i mean i know that yes is a brand and the brand actually births products you know there there are things that you can actually get from your experience as a brand manager and bring it into the product space right so just like she said you may now begin to learn okay how does this industry work how does this particular product work what do, what solution does it solve and i mean it's the the people will say that marketing has like a has like a um, a basic principle and really that's that's just it once you understand that the next assignment is for you to understand that particular thing that you're looking to get to the marketplace and you can just from there to be honest it will be easy for you to transition as (laughs) as a brand manager you know so yeah so
1: do, do you want to ask the second question again just before we wrap up so I think that's the last question. So let me add to what Joyce said. Um so for for marketing and product marketing I don't think like there's any difference because product marketing is is like a process of um bringing like the whole um product product idea to market, right? From launch to finish. And I think that's the same thing you do as a marketing manager in your FMCG. So when um when you um when stuffs are produced, right? You you are in charge of taking it to market, the entire branding and all of that. It's the same as product marketing. So the only thing you just need to like I said is just tailor your CV to to show that um, you have that skill. You can actually write a go-to marketing strategy, and then you can um, you know like your entire um, um, product marketing roadmap or your product roadmap and and all of that. So the major thing you need to do is just read. Read about product marketing. Read about how you can transition from marketing to 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 the tech space, right? And as a marketing person already, what you want to be doing is product marketing, not product management, because they are quite different.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, um, La Incubator, do you want to? I think you're you're back on stage. You want to ask a question?
3: Yeah, thank you, thank you, guys. So, I think just one question is left unanswered. And that question is the role of experience um, as regards payment uh, or salary or remuneration as the case may be. Is it, does it apply?
0: Gloria, you have the floor.
1: Um, So I think that in a structured environment, right, it should, um, there should be a salary structure based on your experience. But let me say this, from my experience, some guys that have, like, really a good eight years experience, they don't know as much as some um, maybe the tech guys or developers, sorry, some developers or um, design I don't know if Kemi can actually add to this that have, like, four years' experience. So you see those ones actually doing, um, knowing their onions and asking for more. Meanwhile, the guy that has, like, eight years experience is not actually asking for more. So they will actually short-pay him than they would do to that guy that knows how to sell himself and um ask for more. But basically there's supposed to be a salary structure of some sort, right? That says, okay, if you're from if you have one year experience to four year experience, this is what you're earning. If you have six years to eight years, this is what you're earning. But some companies will actually pay you based on how you can sell yourself, actually. But in Nigerian companies, we don't really have that structure that um it's There's just few companies that have that structure, um, that for that payment structure. I don't know if Kemi has anything to say to that.
0: I I you um, I, I think I think I totally agree with you, Gloria. You know because, like I even in, even in motor in the community, I always I always tell them I said, see guys, it is not a question of having a million years experience. Now does that help you? Sure it does. You know, but at the end of the day, what matters is the result you can bring on the table. You know, you would agree with me that there are some people that you know may have been in the field for quite a while, say five years, six years, seven years, 10 years, and they don't, you know, as much invest in themselves. Whereas you see someone that's like three, that has three years experience, and this person is constantly improving, you know, engaging in projects, collaborating, pushing out stuff, getting better, you know they are aware of what is you know what's currently going on in the marketplace, what is needed in the marketplace, and then they are developing themselves and all of that. They are, they are giving results. You know when you give them the job, they do it. If you were the employer, who would you rather pick? You know, so I I always like to say that yes, there's the culture of oh yeah, we're looking for a front end a front end engineer who has uh, uh, 50 years experience and all of that. But I also believe that once you walk through that door with your two years, with your three years, with your four years, depending on, you you know, the intensity of your personal development. Once you walk through that door with your experience and you can prove it, you can defend it, you can show them, you will have the job and you will command a big pay. And at the same time, again, someone who knows what they are doing, of course, will be bold enough, you know, if you, I mean, you bold enough to command, say, oh yeah, I bring the result to the table and this is what I demand when it comes to my salary. So, it's there's no there is no um i I, I mean especially when it comes to the tech space there is no um rule that is set on stone you know at the end of the day one thing i love about the tech space is that it is result oriented like we will see it you know if you know what you're doing we will see it we will know you know if you're a marketing person in the marketing space we will see it if you say you're a tech writer we will see it you know If you say you are a front-end engineer, we will see, and that's what I love about the tech space, it is seriously result-oriented, you know, and, I mean, every employer out there will tell you that that's what, you know, they are looking for. So I hope that answers your question.
3: Yeah, that that does. It's just that uh, I have, uh, you know, the point of performance is a... Postmortem exercise is not exactly what you know at the beginning of an interview. You can interview two people, and you know one. I mean, sounding like you know doesn't really prove that you know. So um, they don't. I mean, an employer, an employer is always taking a chance or giving a bet at every point in time, especially when it comes to recruitment, because they don't really know who is going to perform. You know, so after giving the job that you can bring, you know, you prove yourself, there can be salary redress, you know, but in terms of recruitment at that point, they don't really know. So I guess because when we look at experience, people think, I mean, it's mostly about the years, but I mean, sometimes it's about the work that was done, you know, in the past. So if you said you've built this, you've built that, you've built this, you've built that, you know. It kind of gives the employer a trust that you have done something. And that is the experience. And can that be a premium over somebody who has not built that kind of system before?
0: I totally agree with you, you know. And in the tech space, one of the things they will tell you is to build your portfolio. You know, it doesn't have to be it's something that maybe you have done, like in a structured environment, right? It could It could be as little as, you know, um projects that you did with other people you know you collaborated with them and you did the job you know and to be very honest it's a mix of different things you know just like gloria said there's the part of also learning how to sell yourself you know so now there's some people that will know how to sell themselves but they may not even know the job per se so it's a mix of different things at the end of the day and that's why i said the tech space is largely results oriented You know, if you know how to sell yourself, probably you've read one, you've read a million books on how to sell yourself and you know how to do it and you get in through the door and you're not able to deliver results. It, I mean, in no time you'll be fished out and you'll be sent out again, you know. And it's funny how the tech space can be large yet small because words will spread fast. By the time you do it in, in company one, do it in company. So the next thing you'll be hearing is I'm going to hire that guy. It just habit talking, no sabi work. You know. So um at the end of the day, it's a combination of different things, knowing how to sell yourself, working on projects, you know, be it things that you did, um, uh, be, be it things that you did maybe with your peer group, like collaborating with them or places you've worked before, you know. Um also, um, also a combination of, you know, learning how to deliver results and, you know, um, you know, working your talk at the end of the day. So all of these combinations brought together, you know, if even if you don't have up to three years experience, you will be able to get something amazing and command a good pay in the tech space. At least I am sure of that one in the tech space i don't know about the fmcg space they are talking about <laughs> but the tech space you will be able to command something i'd be glory i lie
1: no you know, like lie joy
0: uh-huh. so that's it la incubator thank you so much for your question because i mean it's good that we clarify these things yeah. so that um it doesn't look as if we are selling um you know one you know how a house can be fine, you know, externally, but inside is full of trash. So it doesn't look, it doesn't give off that kind of vibe. You know, it's always very important to be clear, especially when it comes to conversations like this. It's good to be clear, you know. So that tomorrow, nobody will come and say, eh. "Um, they say if I if I just work on projects, and I know how to sell myself." I'll be able to get good pay. Whereas you don't know how to deliver results, so that's why that's why it's good to be very clear on things like this. And thank you so much for asking the question that you know has led us on this conversation so far. All right, guys, I think that brings us to the end of tonight's session. I personally had fun, big ups, and thank you to our speakers, Gloria and Kelechi. Guys, go and follow them. Gloria is doing an amazing work at Google, and she has her own startup called Unboxed. And I think she also has InsurePass and then one of that job voice right yeah so gloria is a really busy woman you know and then we have kelechi who is a lawyer and also a product manager all right please do follow them and if you're listening to this we have a community of techies called more techies um just go to my pin tweet and you see the link to you know click and join the community we have over 1700 or 800 people in the community now who are who are there learning, you know, with each other. We come up with opportunities for them as well. And, um, you know, in the next few days, we're going to be having our first hackathon where we're going to have different teams come and present, you know, um, uh, um the solution that they have built. You know, the solution is supposed, get, the, the product is supposed to solve a climate change problem. And the winner is going to go home with £2,000. Yeah, £2,000. That's good money right but i mean i mean that's the money part right so we just want to say we we create opportunities like this for members of our community to be able to engage you know you know just like the question like incubator was asking you know you can imagine those who have participated in this hackathon they can actually have it on their cv as part of something that they've done you know as part of their work experience because they've worked with teams they've built something they're actually um, going to have Real people use it, so they've even done something market wise. And this is just a team of six, you know. I think, yeah, a team of six. So, yeah, guys, that's it. Thank you so much, um, um, Gloria. Thank you so much, Kilechi, um, Chidindu, blessing, um, HM Kari, Esther, uluwatosi Thank you so much for hanging us without uh, with us tonight. And um, for the men who have joined us, please continue to encourage the women in your circle to do amazing things. You know, they should stand out. It's amazing to be a woman. Uh, but beyond that, just keep your head high, keep your shoulders high. Do the work, deliver results, right? And for the women here, please continue to support other women in your life. Um, those you can mentor, you mentor. If you're a mentee, be a good mentee. Let's continue to be good examples, both in our workplace, you know, in our friendships, in our homes, wherever we find ourselves. Uh, and together, I'm sure that we are going to um, make a good, uh, we're going to, you know, together build a better society for ourselves and even for um, for the future. All right. So on this note, we close the cutting and say, happy International Women's Day to everyone, to the men, happy International Day! To International Women's Day to the women in your lives right um and this is just going to be a good night from us all right thank you so much good night thank you good night
3: thank you good night